For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you afraid? You should be. I thought he was the man to lead us through the long night. A face will be added to the whole. You would spill blood in this holy place. The gods were mine. Show them what Lannisters are. And make no mistake. The dead are coming. Dragons do not do well in captivity. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. They have no idea. What's going to happen? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages to the winter is coming. Take the Black Podcast. I am your host, Razor. We are here for the week before the great Game of Thrones season six premiere show, and we're here to talk about Everything we can cram into about 45 minutes to an hour show about Game of Thrones to get us hyped and get us ready for the premiere. I'm here with three of uh, some of the best minds, the greatest minds in Game of Thrones fandom. I'm kidding. Um, uh, let me let me introduce you to some of these 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 great people really quick. First of all, I've got. Uh, some of the people from the show that you you might recall from last season. Uh, I've got Isis. Isis, say hello to everybody out there. Isis has been with me for two or three years now, seasons. Isis, you can find her on Twitter. Isis, give them your Twitter handle really quick, please. I-J-A-M-E-L-T-O-N. Follow her during the show. She is a great live follow because she is, uh, she's got the, the meme game and the gif game on lockdown, and she's hilarious, and uh, she's great. She's a great follow. Also with us... Um, Joining us, kind of a new person this season, he joined us for the end of last season, is Corey Thone. You can find him on Twitter, at Corey Thone. Corey, say hello to the folks out there. Hi, folks that are out there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Great. Corey, is, um, he, he works at Fansided, uh, and also he does a lot of things. He's kind of like a jack-of-all-trades. And uh, we really kind of just have Corey join us because he's got that professional voice, and I don't. So, um they needed somebody to counterbalance this a little bit. Um, and rounding out tonight's episode is uh, my coworker at Winter is Coming, Annie. Annie, say hi to everybody out there and tell them where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, hi, uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle um, or at Wizards and Whatnot. That's right. She is the editor-in-chief at Wizards and Whatnot, another fan-sided site. It's a great thing for Harry Potter if you're into Harry Potter fandom. She also has the great articles that Winners is coming. Um, so let's get right into it, guys. We had a brand-new trailer, teaser trailer, about 30 seconds uh, drop last night, and it's the last one that's going to drop before the Season 6 premiere. Um, Annie, I'm going to get right to you because you broke down the trailer um, with some steals last night. What were your immediate thoughts for the final teaser trailer last night? Um, my actual first thought was it said the wait is over, and I said um, no, and I looked at my watch. My wait is uh, still 146 hours at that point. Um, <laughs> you have a countdown clock going, don't you? <laughs> In my head. Um, but actually, one of the most shocking ones to me was uh, the Night's King with all of the White Walkers behind him. I mean, yeah, I've man. never seen that many White Walkers in one place before. And, you know, couple that with the news that we got this week that the seventh and eighth seasons are really going to just be, you know, probably about 13 episodes altogether. I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to get on the, the walls going to fall this year train. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's the thing is we've seen uh, – 
each season we've seen the White Walkers progressively get worse. Um, last season they culminated at Hardhome where we had four, the Night's King and then three of his lieutenants basically, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, sit on the uh, cliff and they had their lemmings white jump over the cliff and they attacked Hardhome. Uh, and if you watch this teaser, behind the Night's King, those are actual White Walkers. They're holding swords, they have facial expressions. They're not whites. They don't have bl they don't have the blue eyes. They don't have the ragtag clothes. They're not bone skin. Those are actual white walkers. They, they the others. Um, so it looks like, um, and it, to me, it looks like they're standing in an area that <laughs> it looks pretty darn close to the wall to me. So um, I'm I'm on board with Annie here. I'm thinking that the wall may fall here in season six. Especially if we're going to get a short in season seven and season eight, you have to you have to start bringing it down pretty soon. If the if they're going to cross over and attack Westeros, um, if if that is George R R Martin's plan to have them attack Westeros, uh, uh, Corey, you you you've just now watched the thirty second trailer. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? What what stood what stood out to you? Uh, I actually haven't watched the trailer yet. I was only able to oh, look at her article. I didn't ah. know I, my work has been crazy so far this week, and I haven't even had time to... to do you have a job? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. It's weird. I'm um, kidding. I wouldn't kidding. recommend it. I would stick with the internet and just draw the blinds, man. The but, internet is for porn, by the way. <laughs> well, that's isn't, uh, for this group here, that is Game of Thrones, right? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> no, I, White Walker porn. I, I was able to look through Annie's um, post just now while you guys were talking. I mean, to me... Just any any and all shots of Tyrion, like in his existential crisis he's in right now, is is what I'm a fan of. Which is why I'm hoping these rumors about him possibly dying are are just that, just rumors. So. Oh my God, rumors of his demise have to be greatly exaggerated at this point. Uh, I'm hoping he doesn't take uh, a character from the books uh, route, the Quentin Martells, where he gets burned to a crisp. I hope and pray that's not true. That's just a stupid rumor I've heard. It's not a spoiler, guys. Don't worry about it. that. Guy doesn't exist in the show, so don't worry about it. Um, I I love Tyrion, and I and they've already given him a great. The season hasn't even started yet, and he already has the best line of the season. I drink and I know things. So um, you know Tyrion can Peter Dinklage can pack it up and go home. He's already got the best line of the season. So uh, that's that's great. Uh, Isis, you've actually seen it, right? Yes, you watched it. I actually you watched excited. it. Yes, I'm what? excited about it, except for the part where I saw Danny getting her uh, butt whooped. Uh, yeah. Makes me super concerned about her um, that, you know, the Dothraki would actually treat uh, Danny this way. And uh, so I'm really, really concerned about where this is going, how they're going to be able to get her back and do it relatively quickly, if, especially, like you were saying, they're going to have a shortened or condensed season uh, for the next two. So I'm really, really concerned and interested how, you know, any way we can get Danny back and any way really that we can get Danny and um, Tyrion back together again because that was such an awesome combination last year that – I, I mean, just them being there. I think what maybe they may had a total of maybe ten minutes. Of, that was such a treat. But too, it buddy. was it was such a treat to see both of these actors and uh, and you know both coming from different places and stuff like that and uh, still, you know, really really excellent, you know, acting between the two actors. So I really want to see that. Of course, anything with Varys and Tyrion together is gold as well for me. Um, but I, I'm really interested, of course, in my my beautiful cinnamon roll. <laughs> I was going to um, ask you. I was going to ask you. He's, he's in there. Somebody's got their hands on him. Who? Let me ask you this: If if you're speculating, who's laying their hands on your beautiful little cinnamon roll? Who who do you think's laying their hands? Well, and what I do you hope think it's doing? that awful red witch or whatever. Those look mannish to me. I they know, don't look but I mean, I just, I'm, I don't know. Maybe she like popped out some like dude out of her vagina again and like <laughs> laying hands on him. Look, I don't care as long as my beautiful cinnamon roll is back. And uh, even though I know they keep on saying, oh, he's dead, he's dead, yeah. he's dead. Okay, fine, whatever. I don't care in what shape or form he comes back in as long as he comes with those beautiful dark locks and those mm -hmm. Beautiful 
deep eyes. I'm I am all there for it. Uh, it's nice to see Bran. He was in the shot. He was in this uh, in the little. Um, Standing. Yes, standing. So I'm really interested to see, you know, because we haven't seen a lot of him, and like he's become well, he a man. He's... He wasn't in last season. Uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who plays Bran Stark, uh, wasn't in last season. They decided to to sit him out. He received his Luke Skywalker Jedi mind training uh, last season with a three eyed Raven, and uh, we have a new player uh, being played. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Max von Sydow, or is it Sydow? Sydow. Okay, Max von Sydow, playing the Three-Eyed Raven. They're going to be traveling around uh, doing lots of uh, brand vision questing things, and he's going to be learning things. Now, I don't know know exactly how this is going to work because we don't know. uh, As a book reader, I don't know exactly how Bran is going to do things. Is he going to have his legs? We've seen him on on the back of a horse in a picture. And uh, in, in the like in the very first uh, Annie, am I correct? In the very first picture we saw for season six, he was on was the back from, of a horse. That's correct. He was on the back of a horse. Uh, so we don't really know what's going on with Bran. Uh, I don't know if he if he gets healed uh, or if if he's dreaming it or if he gets to inhabit somebody's body. I have a theory he, about this actually. Oh. Lay it on me. Let me hear it. Okay. Lay it on so me. here's the thing, right? So he's basically like warged into. Uh, he's basically we've seen him warg into a wolf. We've seen him warg into hot or he's gonna mm-hmm. you know one of the things about the uh the wear trees is that you can warg into them too that's why they have the faces carved on them right, so right, the thing right. is trees have memories trees have seen things all these years so when you warg into the tree it's not just that you are like seeing what's happening there but you're also seeing the past through what the tree saw um right. so I think this is kind of a way for the show to bring in a whole lot of stuff and backstory that they've basically been unable to work into the show uh, prior to now. You know, which is why which is why we had the casting for the young the young kids under the, in the in the Godswood at Winterfell. Uh, and, and things like that, correct? Am, am I, That's am I correct. correct and actually, what I've noticed about all of uh, Brand's visions in all of the trailers and all the pictures we've seen is that they're all really Stark-centric. If you look, mm-hmm. he's always standing in Winterfell. Um, when he goes to the Tower of Joy, for people who don't know what the Tower of Joy is, a really good non-spoiler way to describe it is it's the it's this it's one of the last battles that happens in robert's rebellion and it's the last mm-hmm. battle that ned stark takes part in after that ned stark goes home he's done with this war um so for uh brand to be going to see what it was that his father saw at the end of the war is a big deal um you know and it also makes me wonder because the other uh thing we've seen brand see is the knight's king yeah and, he uh, grabs him yeah, and uh, it makes me wonder because, you know, if uh, not to sound like Hermione and telling everybody that they must read Hogwarts a history, but if you read <laughs> Westeros a history, um, you'll, you'd find out that the original Night's King from 8,000 B.C. before the Targaryens came um, in the last very long night, um, well, not quite the last very long night, but in that same, like, Age of Heroes time, um, he was actually uh he was actually a stark correct so uh yep. I'm wondering if, you know, the the producers have said over and over again that this Night's King is not that Night's King. Like, it's not. Um, but I'm still wondering if, you know, you know we, we, we had – there is a Stark that kind of went to the wall and never came back. Mm-hmm. And that's not yep. – and it's not John. So, you know, I don't think it's Benjen, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of relationship to the Starks. There's a couple of things that stick out in this trailer to me that uh, are that are mysterious to me. I want to know who the guy is that's riding the horse that's that's swinging that fire thing around that hits that person in the woods. I want to know who that is. That's There's been a lot in of rumors. every trailer too. That's been in every trailer. A lot of, a lot of theories and rumors going around that that's their way of introducing a, a guy from the books named Cold Hands. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's a way to do that. How they would do that, I don't know. Um, somebody said that's a good way to do it. Possibly, could that be cold hands? That would be amazing. That would be a great nod to book readers. Uh, if not, cool. But the way, how do we know to, a, a great way to kill whites with fire? You don't kill white walkers with fire. We know they walk right through fire. That happened in a hard home. Uh, but you kill whites with fire. And 
whoever gets hit with that fire in that trailer, they they explode. So something's happening in that trailer with that fire. So I want to I want to know who that is. Secondly, um, like like ISIS was saying, Danny's walking and getting whipped by the the Dothraki, but they <laughs> we also see uh, uh, Drogon, her dragon, flying above the Dothraki uh, after that or before that. So you know. It's not long after that that Drogon flies above them, so they better they they, they really need to be careful about how they're treating uh, the Mother of Dragons because pretty soon there's going to be a reckoning. Um, so they need to be careful with that. And and finally, with another thing, the finally what what st- stands out to me most of all in all of this is like like you mentioned is the tower of joy. I'm really 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 excited about the tower of joy because that's the moment that I've really been wanting to see uh brought to the brought to the screen. Uh, we we wrote about a fan film that was created uh, called the Tower of Joy. It was a great great job but it was a fan film done low budget style. Uh HBO's going to do it, but the problem of my my biggest problem is the Kingsguard has Targaryen symbols on their chest. It's not white armor, and they don't look distinguished like they do in the book. So I kind of want to see how it's done. I want to know if they're going to distinguish the knights. I want to know if they're going to do, do any dialogue. I want to know if we're going to get the answer to John's parentage in the Tower of Joy because that's what has been leading up to this whole time. They, we got a lot of questions about John's parent, John Snow's parentage in last season, and the Tower of Joy – for any of the book readers and for even non-book readers, if you go to message boards and if you do wiki to, to catch up on Game of Thrones, Tower of Joy always pops up when you're looking into the parentage, parentage of Jon Snow. So let's move on. Let's, let's get past this trailer. Um, so we've, we've talked about um, David Benioff and Dan Weiss. They're the showrunners of Game of Thrones, and they have been in the news lately talking about they're, they're really tired. This is season six. They've been doing this for six seasons. They just wrapped filming, and we're about to start season six. And they've, they've, they've already said after season eight, they're done. There's no more seasons of Game of Thrones. And now they've come out and said that they're shortening – they're going to be shortening season seven and season eight, which means they've even said there's, there's 13 episodes left after this. So each season previous to this has been 10, 10 episodes long. Now, if there's only 13 episodes left after season six, that means either they're going to split it up six and seven, or they're they're either going to have one long season and break it up into like a season A and a season B, like like some of these big networks do. So, uh, Corey, you being a guy who used to have his own podcast on like Americana type shows and things like that, what what is your thoughts? On, on a show that's been running so long, six successful seasons, and the showrunners have just got to the point to where they're just tired. They've come out and said, we just don't have it in us anymore. We don't, you know, the, the, we've, out, we've, out, we've outdone the book material. We just don't have this in us anymore. We, we, don't, we only have 13 episodes left in us after this. What do you, what do you say to that? Uh, I really I think it's a bad idea. I think they're really – this is already a show that – has limited itself in terms of what stories it can tell by stri- by sticking to the 10-episode structure. Um, mm-hmm. This is a show that can easily have done 12 or 13 episodes every season, not right. gotten boring, probably, although last season did actually start to get a little boring. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's a show that, that could have done so much more in terms of just overall storylines and by limiting themselves, I think that they did a good job of focusing up the massive world that Martin created and streamlining it into for a TV audience. Now, having said, I don't think that 13 episodes for the final two seasons is the best way to go. Uh, if they're going to do that, then it would probably be, like you said, one season. Like they wouldn't have... But even then, I think that 13 might be – I would at least push it to 14 and do 7 and 7. Um, I just I, I just feel like they – I get that they're tired, whatever. But at the same time, I, I don't feel bad that you're tired because you created this smash hit show and are now multimillionaires because of it. Like I don't – Yeah, I don't, like I, don't I was feel having – I was bad having, about that. 
I was having this conversation with our uh, uh, Annie and I's uh, editor-in-chief over at Winter's Coming, Dan, and we were having this conversation, and I said, listen, I don't feel sorry for you with all, with all respect due to, to Benioff and Weiss. Like, you know, man up, stop whining about the show that made you m- richer than God and more famous than the, than the devil and just finish out – Eight seasons. The, the difference is because, you know, this is something that I've argued with before with people about, like, musicians or other actors or directors that say, you know, I'm done, I'm taking a break, or I'm moving on, I'm doing something else. Uh, you know, whenever it's their creation, whenever it's their thing that they're giving us that they're creating, um, you know, a good example would be, like, uh, David Bowie walking away from Ziggy Stardust. Like, he could have made a lot more content with that character, right? And he didn't. He stopped. He said, I don't want to do it anymore. That's really not the case here. This is already a book series that already had a massive following. You know, you're taking someone else's creation and and then warping it into your own creation. I I mean, I understand the complicatedness of it and why it's difficult, but – and I know that it's kind of first-world douchey to be like, give me content, but at the same time – this is like HBO is probably not stoked about that. <laughs> like, no, like no, they're not. they already feel like I, I'm, the network has already learned its lesson about putting pressure on showrunners with True Detective season two. You know, they won't do that again. But at the same time, you know, they're kind of like, you can't do like 15 episodes. You can't put all the rest of this stuff. I mean, because they've cut out a lot from the books. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. cut out main like major characters that we don't even know. From what I understand, we don't even know in the books where their characters end up, how their storyline ends, and they just cut them, which would imply that they're not important in the series of books, ultimately. Right. So, Stannis. <coughs> Stoneheart. I mean, there's there's good examples. Like, but I, I don't know. At the same time, on after saying all that, if they think that they can tell the necessary story in 13 episodes, go for it. I just don't know if you can. Because there's a flip side to that, too. I was a big fan of the show Rescue Me, and their next to last season was a split season with 22 episodes, and that was way too much, and it bogged it down. Way too too long. Yeah, so I get the concept, oh, you don't want to go on too long. It's like, yeah, but you haven't. (laughs) You haven't. I'm I'm being like Hermione over here raising my hand, but you guys can't see me. I was going to ask you, Annie, Annie, you know how much goes into each episode because you recently wrote an article on this. Let me ask you before you start. How much goes into each episode of Game of Thrones? Okay, well, the fact of the matter is, is the numbers on this show are staggering. But the fa- but what I really wanted to say about this is that if they wanted to make this eight seasons, they needed to make that decision two years ago. Mm-hmm. The fact that HBO is pushing them now to go eight seasons, because this whole eight seasons thing didn't come up until this past summer. Before this past summer, the showrunners said, no, seven gods, seven kingdoms, seven books, seven seasons, period. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we're writing for. That's what we plotted out. And then mm-hmm. suddenly this summer, HBO goes, so we're going to try and do eight. And I was yeah. like, so what? Did they just decide that, okay, we really could do this in eight and we're going to stretch a little bit more or there's enough to do this? But no, I don't think so. I think the fact of the matter is, is they don't have enough content left. They needed to choose to make this eight seasons before they wrote season five, which means they needed to make this choice while they were producing season four. And I'm fine with I'm fine with finishing the series off at seven. I'm fine with it being done and over at seven. Yeah, I think they really were writing it that way. I think that trying to make them go – I think the agreement to go, quote, unquote, eight seasons is them appeasing HBO. But they just – they never wrote it to be that long, and it's just – they. I mean, they're just not going to write it to be that long. If they were going to do – if they were going to do eight seasons, they would have taken – they would have taken all that stuff from season five, and they would have been able to stretch it out more instead of season five being so crammed. Right, exactly, and you would have much better storylines. Like the Faith Militant would have been much more fleshed out. You would have had a better Dorn storyline. People would have been much happier with Jamie instead of having a rush Dorn with him and Bronn. That would have been much better. Anyway, I, um, Isis, let me ask you this: as a non-book reader, if if Game of Thrones does end in seven seasons, say it, say. We we already know they're staying in thirteen episodes. We're, they're saying it right now. And um, uh, Michael Lombardo, the president of HBO for, uh, of marketing, is it? 
Michael Lombardo. He said that they that they're not they're not doing a prequel season. But George R. R. Martin has said that he's got ideas for prequel season, and he, we already know he's got he's got writers' rights for shows at HBO. So we don't know who you know. We don't know what's going to happen once season seven or season eight ends. If you had a choice, would you would you rather Game of Thrones wraps up in season seven and then goes to like a prequel season? Would you would you be interested in something like that? Would you like to see what happens before all of the stuff? that we're watching right now? Absolutely. I mean, that would be great to, to be able to go ahead and wrap up a full season of season, season seven, not a, not a, you know, abbreviated or half or whatever, a full season of season seven and then do a prequel. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. I think a lot of it has to do with, um, like Annie was saying about the, the marketing HBO, they're saying, you know, they're trying to stretch it out as much as they can. They're trying to make every last dollar that they can Mm -hmm. off of, of uh, Game of Thrones because they don't, you know, they they have a formula, it works, and it, you know, it's feeding the beast, and uh, and I also think that HBO probably doesn't have any show on the horizon to go ahead and capture the Game of Thrones fans after Game of Thrones is. End- they're hope they're hoping Westworld will 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 be good enough, but they don't know because. They hasn't hasn't aired yet, and um, Leftovers is going to have a third and final season. They don't know if True Detective is going to have a season three yet. Um, They're developing something with Margaret Atwood, but that hasn't gotten out of development at all. Right. So um, I, I really feel like HBO is right now just kind of freak. They're I almost want to say they're in freakout mode because they don't know that they're you know they don't have anything in the cogs waiting or or for sure know that they're going to be able to go ahead and you know the the problem the problem with this is if they don't get on the ball and get something in the works they're going to lose the battle big time to to networks like showtime who has um established shows like ray (laughs) (laughs) no ray donovan Ray Donovan, billions, billions. Was First a, off, was a I got to jump in here. First off, HBO, I think we can cut them a little bit of slack uh, because HBO has a track record of even shows that failed like Carnival being really interesting and entertaining. Carnival was good. So yeah. Way ahead of yeah. its time. Carnival was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. It's way ahead of its time. Magic and the real world mixed together. Well, let's talk about Deadwood. Oh, oh, Deadwood's yeah. Okay, fine. Go all the way back to Oz. right? Go all the way back to, to okay. whatever show you want to go to. So when you say HBO is worried about having that marquee show, I'm sure they are because HBO, as we just actually saw with Togetherness, is ending, right? So mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. Togetherness and Girls, which are, I really enjoy, by the way, are two, I enjoy are, Togetherness. are two shows that had actually about the same ratings. Girls were a little bit better. Girls got to continue because it caused conversation, whereas yeah. Togetherness did not. HBO is interested in marketing more than ratings because it's a, a subscription network. So right. they're worried about a show that gets people's attention showing up. I do believe that Westworld can be that show, and I do believe that they're going to find shows that can be that show. Um, and I'm not concerned about HBO's lineup. What they're concerned about, like you guys were kind of hinting toward, is just losing a show like Game of Thrones is going to hurt, just period, because it especially is a when you're running show. against, Especially on a Sunday night when you're running up against shows like – and you're going to laugh at me when you say this, but The Walking Dead is, is the most popular show in its slot. Yeah, but uh, so is the Big Bang Theory, and this is this is a <laughs> this is a subscription-based network. It's different. It's a little bit different. So I don't compare their ratings to the Walking the Walking Sleeps. I just um, <laughs> well, st- and the Stars has Gods and Monsters coming. Yes, they do. And, and Stars, yeah. So. American but like guys. I said, I, I think that Sorry. HBO is just kind of spinning its wheels when you have one of the most popular TV shows on on TV um, that you know that you're going to be losing out. That they might be saying, okay, we got to make this last as long as we can. We got to get as much juice as we can out of this berry before you know it's going to dry up. And uh, and so I I think and and like you were saying HBO has a wonderful track record of great shows I mean Sopranos I mean the list goes on Oz you know whatever it goes on but um, I think HBO that's probably why they want to do an abbreviated I'm not a fan of abbreviated uh, 
seasons, uh, they're frustrating to me. Uh, Outlander did the same thing on Stars, and that, that oh, that was, was so first, frustrating. It, it oh. was their first season, and it was like it was like four or five months before the next the the season one part B came on, and I was literally banging my head against the wall. Um, but it, like I said, it you know people will still watch it. They they're. It's so good. It's a phenomenon. They're, people are gonna they're gonna sit there and they're gonna complain about it, and we're but we're gonna sit there and watch the whole thing. So uh, I would like for season seven just to go ahead and finish it off, and then if we had something new like a prequel, uh, that would be that would be exceptional, especially for a non book reader. Uh, that could probably clear up a lot of stuff that was in the TV show that maybe I didn't know about. Yeah. That's a, and that's a great point, which would be – which would be honestly – people say this all the time. There's arguments about, well, what would you show in the prequel season? And everybody's like, well, Robert's Rebellion obviously is the obvious choice, and then people say, well, the Duncan Egg novellas. Well, there's, there's a lot of choices you could go with, and that's, this is something we could argue for hours, and we're not going to do that. But um, So moving on from this topic – uh, Peter Dinklage was on Saturday Night Live last weekend, and Isis, you wanted to talk about – Something that that moved you deeply. Oh, it and I believe it, it moved me so deeply that that. Uh, okay, so I did not think his episode was all that great. He is not a great. I didn't think he was very good at improv or. He's know, not an improv guy. No, he isn't. He's not an improv guy. Um, I think he did his best when he was like doing his. Space pants, which was he was being very, very serious about something that was just completely ridiculous, and I think that I don't know, maybe that's because that I find that I find that humorous uh, when people are very serious about something but that's absolutely ridiculous. And he was so dedicated to that uh, about space pants, and I could not get space pants out of my head. And so I would walk around my house going space pants, and it's so bad that. <laughs> My husband, he heard me saying that, and he could not get it out of his head. And he was like, oh, my God, get this out of my head. It was just something that was – that skit was not funny at all other than the fact that it, his dedication to the to the singing rap thing was so awesome. So um, kudos to him. I don't think it was a great episode at all, uh, but – that was probably my favorite part of his Saturday Night Live uh, skits out of all of them. I don't know. I I don't usually pay attention. Uh, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. Um, I was I was excited when they were talking about trying to get Ryan Reynolds to come on and host it as Deadpool. <laughs> I just haven't. It hasn't. Saturday Night Live hasn't been good in a long time. That's bullshit. So I, all right, I knew that was somebody going to say that. Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Saturday right now is as good as it's ever been because it's always been well, one good a while, so one I'm, good I'm, skit in a, in a in the whole episode is the way that SNL has always operated. Every oh, episode sir. is one skit that's good, two or three that meh, and then the rest of it's boring. That's how it's been when Belushi was on. It was like that when uh, Mike Myers was on or Will Ferrell. Everybody always had that one skit, you know, and then that's it. And the problem is now they don't have. Uh, a character like even a Stefan that has taken off and and can come back every episode to make sure that episode has that one big laugh. Sometimes it doesn't land, but Kate McKinnon is one of the best comedians SNL's had in 20 years. She is knocking she is it out really of the park. Good. And then I will say, too, my favorite skit for Dinklage's episode was uh, the Glory Hole restaurant where all the foods were dick-shaped. <laughs> And they came stuck through the wall, and him and the other girl had to, like, eat them like they were gobbling on some, like, anonymous dick. And uh, it was hilarious. Again, Isis, like you said, because Dinklage played it so straight. It was just like, this is how they serve food here. And then, like, a corn dog just gets shoved <laughs> through the wall, and everybody has to lean in and take a bite. or you know. And that, I mean, SNL is interesting. We did an episode on my old podcast about... Uh, cultural literacy and SNL is kind of a bellwether for about a third of the population uh, because it is uh, it's always existed for me. I'm 29. SNL has been on for 28 years, so 27. I mean, it's it's existed my whole life. I haven't lived in a world without SNL or The Simpsons. Those two shows uh, are ever present and constants for me and for a lot of other people. So. 
it, it means something different when something is talked about on SNL. So just having Dinklage on SNL, I think, goes because they only have how many episodes per season is it? They do live. They do the two. I mean, the fact that they took time to get someone from an HBO show to host it who isn't even known for comedy, just having him on was going to get them enough viewers. I think that goes to show, kind of comes back to our previous conversation about HBO caring more about marketing than necessarily ratings and everything. So, uh, But I thought it was a good episode overall. I didn't think it was as, as awful. There have been worse episodes this season. But Weekend Update, Weekend Update's great. Uh, Michael Chet and Joe's are awesome. The last one I watched was with um, Adam Driver and when he did Matt the Radar Technician. <laughs> I love that one. See, I thought that, that was, was a pretty lame episode, honestly, but Driver was funny. Drivers, I like Driver, well, because I'm a Star Wars geek, and I liked Matt, Matt the Radar Technician episode. That that was the one skit I enjoyed. I didn't like the rest of the episode, but I liked I liked that one skit. But I, I think know. he did. I think I think Peter Dinklage did what he he knows how to do, which was like play it straight, and uh, you know, for it's so funny too because. Um, I was talking to my husband about him, and I was just like, you know, he's not—he's not a British actor or anything like that. He's American, and my husband was like, really? I'm like, yeah. He, but he has that British like humor. He has in that him. Johnny Depp, that Johnny Depp lilt to his voice. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying that he has that dry sense of humor kind of thing going on with him, and and that's what was was so great. And then uh, another, I guess it wasn't a skit. I guess it was the video. Was them doing? Was it Naked and Afraid? That was yeah. Oh my. Gosh. That, that was, was hilarious. And that I thought was, that that was I thought that one was the best because it was the pre-recorded one, so he wasn't having to improv. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree with you, Annie. Any time that he had to improv, it was just, it just seemed like there was a struggle at times. But those the recorded one, the naked and afraid one, was absolutely hilarious. I watched that video probably twenty times um, on on my phone and everything, and just laughing every single time. Not that I watch Naked and Afraid, my husband does, and but I do know about the show, and so I sent him the video of it, and I was like, you got to see this, and he watched it. And he was like, oh. Oh my god, that is so so funny, but so accurate at the same time. <laughs> I love um, Dinklage, and I think he's he's got a bright future in comedies because we've seen him in Thirty Rock. Uh, he was great in that episode. He was great in the Lumet movie Find Me Guilty. Him and uh, Vin Diesel had an outstanding chemistry, and it was a absolutely underrated. Great movie uh, that came out elf. in 2006. He was yeah. an elf too. Elf. So. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, he can do comedy, like you said. Like both of you have said, I was saying that it's like improv's probably not his, his bag, but that pre-recorded sketch, he was hilarious. And then what made Space Pants and the Glory Hole so funny was his commitment to not laughing, which he did a good job at not breaking. Everybody else around him was breaking, and he's yeah. like the only one that's not. It was. I thought. Overall, it was an interesting episode to have someone who legitimately is not known for comedy come on and try to do uh, live comedy. And I think it, he was very brave to do that. I think so. Oh, well, if you think about the, the best, the funniest lines on Game of Thrones belong belonged to, to Dinklage, Dinklage and Bronn. Yeah, like those two are just. Yeah, I mean, like he's got he's got the, the dry sense of humor, Tyrion, and he's always coming up with the sarcastic witty banter and you know or the you know something hilarious and like like i said the 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 line of the season has already been said so far i drink and i know things oh so i thought it would have been sansa's line if i'm I'm mad about something (laughs) (laughs) no and i think varies is really the guy that plays varies he's very great at that acting you know that very dry sense of humor, comedy kind of thing. He he has some really good one-liners uh, in there, the guy that plays Varys. Uh, but I, you know, at the end of the day, like, who else would we would have, like, for example, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. I haven't in a long time. I'll watch it if there's, like, somebody really big. Like, Justin Timberlake comes to mind. I know if he's going to be on there, it's going to be funny. And I'm going to love I'll it. I'll watch it because there'll be, a, there'll be another Dick in the Box song. On yeah, there. exactly. Or, you know, was it um, a mother lover or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's going to be good, and I'm going to watch it. And so there are, like, certain, you know, actors that you're going to watch but as far as when you know as uh game of thrones i almost said winter's coming uh game of thrones uh, synonymous yes okay uh who else would you watch if it was him it would be him or my beautiful cinnamon roll i mean it other than that that's it 
that's Amelia I'd Clark like, might have gone on, but that's the only other person I could think of off the top of my head who's big enough. Yeah, yeah that's I'd watch I'd watch Kit I'd watch Kit Harrington on there. Yeah, I'd watch Kit and Kit did something similar on HBO. He um he did Oh yeah, the tennis thing. That yes, was hilarious. The tennis that thing. Was funny. That was fantastic. Which was with another S N L alumni. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where you can definitely see Kit or um or Indubitably. Yes. Uh playing really straight laced, really serious and anyway, it was it was good, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. <laughs> well, okay, so let's let's start to wrap this thing up. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna uh, go to each of you and ask you since uh, Sunday is the premiere of season six, and um, uh, the premiere episode is called "The Red Woman." Am I correct, Annie? That is correct. Okay, so we we all know the Red Woman is synonymous with uh, Melisandre, the Red Priestess, and. Um, I thought it was Carmen San Diego. Shit, that, <laughs> just, well, that changed where, my whole Westeros perspective. Is. Yeah, well, <laughs> where is that? That's also true. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to go around and I'm just going to ask you guys what you guys are looking forward to most from Game of Thrones season six, episode one. Uh, and if you just if you if you really don't have anything from the Red Woman, just from season six in general. So. Uh, Isis, uh, Game of Thrones season six, Red Woman episode one. What are you looking f- forward to most? We know that it's picking up right where season five left off. Like we're supposedly they're panning up from Jon Snow's body in season in season six opener. I so. hope they pick up my beautiful cinnamon roll and they wash him down, and Melisandre <laughs> just fucks the life back into him. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is what I'm hoping for. I'm biased. I'm not a book reader, so you know if you want to just like you know skewer me in the comments, I don't care. But anyway, well, even if we are, hey, but we don't even know that because like even the book readers don't know that. Yeah, I want to be a book well, reader, but your prose is just mwah, it's beautiful. Uh, thank you. <laughs> we, I, we, yeah, it was beautiful. I we, know you like we, it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I we, we none of us know what's going to happen. We're all on the same page now. We're yeah. all unsullied. So I want Ugh. I want him to just like just you know, like she just brings back life into him, and he comes back, and so that way we can have our beautiful cinnamon roll again, and he can go by another name. I don't care. It's fine. He's like reborn. Whatever. He's Danish. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care. And so uh, I'll call him whatever the hell he wants to be called. Anyway, so I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested on about Danny. As you can see, I'm really interested in the female <laughs> uh, aspect of this show. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen to Danny. So and uh, I really feel like, you know, she. we need to get her rescued as soon as possible. I don't want her to linger with the Dothraki too long because I feel like I will get bored. And so I'm really hoping this happens uh, pretty quickly and then, then we can get, you know, we can get the show on the road. Mm. All right. Uh, Corey, well, uh, what, are you, what are you looking forward to most with uh, Season 6, Episode 1, uh, or Season 6 in general? Yeah, uh, just in general, I think I'm looking forward to getting back with, with uh, Bran and Max von Sydow, who is one of my favorite actors. Having him in that role as a Three-Eyed Raven is incredibly interesting to me. And I that's a storyline that I truly – I don't feel like I know where they're going with it. Like I can't guess very well other than the fact that like I think maybe one day he, he'll warg into a dragon or something. I don't know. Like nobody <laughs> really knows necessarily with a lot – with like the, the overall outcome of that storyline because every other one – if I feel like the fan theories are, are probably pretty accurate. <laughs> but with his – I don't know where the hell they're going with it, and just I'm ready for some more Hodor. I'm ready for uh, <laughs> no more Hodoring today. I'm, re- I'm ready to see how they hide that gangly some bitch's legs and the fact that he's like six seven now. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I just I, I'm excited for that. We just didn't get any of that last season, so I'm excited mm. for that again. Annie, you you wrote like a a thousand page slideshow on all the spoilers, so I pretty much know what you're looking forward to. But let me hear it anyway. Well, let's <laughs> see. Um, 
for the first episode, I am looking yeah. forward to finding out how Theon and Sansa get mm. away. Um, I have heard some very interesting theories, um, including some that if they're really true, that's pretty left field. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if any of the uh, rumors are actually true. I am. Yeah, if, 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 I want to know if Alfie Allen has actually told the truth. Yeah, um, Alfie Allen. Okay, for those who don't know, Alfie Allen got really drunk in Australia and uh, claimed that he told the entire uh, scene. We don't know if it's really true, but we do know that right after that, he suddenly stopped giving interviews. Um, <laughs> I am also really looking forward to Blind Aria. I, I really want mm. to see her training continue. We've seen a little clip of that um, where the wave basically starts to beat her up and she can't see anything. Um, and I'm really interested in seeing that. Um, I'm interested in seeing in her get her sight back. Um, I just, Arya is one of my favorite characters. Um, and because nobody's mentioned it, you know, King's Landing. You know, the High Sparrow versus Cersei versus Jamie. Jamie's coming back. Um, you know, that's not a thing that was in the books at all. In the books, Jamie left, and when Cersei got arrested, she sent him a letter saying, please come back, and he ripped it up and threw it in the fire. Like, he was mm -hmm. not coming back. Um, so the fact that he is coming back after her walk of shame, they now have the same haircut? Oh, my God. It's so creepy. It's like they're like a mirror image of each other when they're growing. Oh, um... It's really weird. It's really, it's really weird. weird. Um, so I'm, they have the, they have the opportunity to have sex over another child's dead body too. That's gonna be really weird. <laughs> and uh, finally, Marjorie, like Marjorie's still in the dungeons. Yeah, we just left yeah. her there. Is she gonna have to do a walk of shame? We don't know. Book readers haven't gotten that far. So Loris is there too. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's the whole Tyrell angle. We don't know what what is Lady Oleana gonna do. You know, C Cersei got out. She she's the one who got Cersei put away, and Cersei is out, and Marjorie still isn't out. You know that Oleana is not gonna be happy about that. And Diana uh -huh. and Diana Rigg is one of my favorite actresses of all time. So oh, I'm yeah, totally amazing. looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I'm looking forward to most, and I can't believe none of you brought this up, is uh, Ian McShane's character. We don't know who he's playing, uh, but because he told everyone. <laughs> Al Swearingen. That's right. Al Swearingen just with a shield. Al Swearingen is going to be on Game of Thrones, and all I want in this whole entire world for a dream sequence is for him to look over and go, "Woo, cocksucker!" San Francisco cocksucker. <laughs> I was hoping then, whenever I, there were rumors that he was going to be Sam's dad, that he oh, would yeah. just redo the character from Hot Rod and just constantly <laughs> like like try to fight his son. And he'd be like, come on, come on, I just want to fight, and like throw him through a wall. <laughs> like I don't want the fight. It's like, uh, yeah. but uh, we 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 yeah. If if you if you pay attention to any of the articles that we've written on Winter's Coming, you basically know what he's doing and who he. But but if, if you don't, then I'm not going to ruin it. But um, I'm interested in Ian McShane because I love that guy, and I just can't wait to see what he's going to do and who he's going to be bringing back and how he's going to be doing it. And I'm also I'm also interested in seeing the mystery characters this season. There are several mystery characters that are supposedly strongly rumored to be coming back this season, more so than any other season before. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. Like, um, Lady Stoneheart, not... <clears throat> cough, cough. Lady Stoneheart, cough, cough. Uh, and, and Cold Hands, cough, cough. I'm really excited to see these characters, if, if they're going to be there. I'm, I'm excited to see the Ironborn. I want to see Euron Greyjoy. Oh, my God, the Crow's Eye is going to be there. We're going to see him. I want to see if they send a fleet across the Narrow Sea to, to, to bring Danny back, and if he's going to try to marry her, or if he's going to send Yara, and if Theon's going to go home, and if Theon's going to accompany Yara across the Narrow Sea. I want to see if Sansa's going to actually be a badass for once. No. If she probably won't, but I, you know, we always we always assume if she's going to be. But I want to see if she's going to have that chance to actually be a badass this season. We live if in not, hope. We live in hope. If not, if she's if this is the season. If she doesn't, then kill her, please. If you, if you're not going to make her a badass this season, then please kill her. Didn't I just, she that's all say I, in an interview like she wants to die or something. She yeah. wants to die. Yeah. Well, let's let's just do it. Um, yeah, let's make that happen. That's, that's why I'm and I'm I'm interested in the siege at River Run. We saw the trailer where. Jamie was riding uh, one of his horses, honor or glory, through the through the tents, and that means he's going to River Run to talk to the Blackfish, and I cannot wait for that scene. 
My God, it's one of my favorite dialogues in the, in in uh, Feast for Crows or Dance with Dragons. And the freaking monster, Feast. right? Aren't you excited about him? I guess you've been talking uh, about him well, all last mountain, year. Mountainstein. Yeah, the yeah. I I'm I'm sure he'll have a part to play. Like it looks like he and Lancel are going to tangle up a little bit. I choose violence. That was a pretty cool line. Um, but I want to see, and then of course the Battle of the Bastards, there, and and that last trailer, that thirty second trailer. If you haven't seen it, go to Winter is Coming. Go watch it, um, and go look at Annie's article where she breaks it down, screenshot by screenshot. There's one that Annie missed though. Go look at it. It's the one where the Battle of the Bastards. There's a big giant in the background. It probably is one one, the giant from Hard Home. He's in the very, very back of the background. It's the wildlings coming up against the Boltons and the spears and the, and the shields, and they're all clashing in this big, this big, huge battleground. And there's a big giant in the very, 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 very back. I'm pretty sure that's 1-1. One, one. It's actually I just Bran standing up. That's probably <laughs> Tall, skinny bastard. Anyway, there's so much packed into Season 6 that I can't wait. And I cannot wait till. Uh, we can start talking about this every week now. This is our first episode of Take the Black season. Isis, is this our fourth season now? I think so. Fourth season. We I'm have so been, I know. We've been doing this for so long. It's crazy. I know. And oh. you know what's so awesome? I just wanted to say really quick, uh, thank you for the listeners who have kept up with us all these years. Um, there's a couple of them that have tweeted us asking us, hey, are you going to be back uh, You know, for season six? And it, it was so nice to to know that there are people out there that listen to our show and like it, and we really, really appreciate you, and we hope we can bring you, you know, season six with another great uh, Take the Black. Yeah, thanks, nice Mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will talk to you guys next Monday night after the, after the show. Uh, we'll record Monday night, and this will be on iTunes on Tuesday morning and on our very own YouTube channel. So it'll be there and we'll have an article written where you'll be able to easily access it. So look forward to it. We'll be available then. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Are you afraid? You should be. I thought he was the man to lead us through the long night. The face will be added to the whole. You would spill blood in this holy place. The gods won't mind. Show them what Lannisters are. And make no mistake. The dead are coming. Dragons do not do well in captivity. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. They have no idea what's going to happen. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.